Don't we serve an amazing God that is such a powerful name? Amen? Let's go ahead and pray, and we'll jump into the brand new series, What Now? Dear Jesus, we love you, God. Thank you for that name, the name of Jesus, Lord. We look forward to that day when every knee is going to bow to that name, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God, help us to live our lives with that in mind. Help us to even now lift up that name and bow our knee. Proclaim it out to the world that is around us. God, today as we look at these uh, big questions and these uh, hard things to think about, Lord, I pray that you would uh, open our eyes and open our heart. Lord, I pray the person that, Lord, that heart is as far away as possible God, I pray right now you begin to draw them in. God, I pray for that cold heart, Lord, that hasn't heard your voice in so long. God, I pray that you would warm that heart. God, that heart of stone, Lord, I pray you would soften that heart. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be uh, people that look like you and act like you, God. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your word. In your name we pray, amen. Hey, it's so great to be with you again here at Clarksburg Baptist Church. Hopefully you're out there together uh, watching as a family or maybe as a house party. Man, uh, we had one last week and it just was such a great time of getting to know people uh, maybe we didn't know as well. And it's so cool to be able to talk about spiritual things and just jump all the way past the pleasantries about sports and the weather all the way to, like we talked about last week, prayer and what that means. And hopefully today you're doing that. I want to remind you, uh, the link's down there at the bottom for the questions for after the service. And also uh, in your CBC Notes app, if you want to uh, download the app, if you haven't done that yet, uh, there's notes that have all the verses all plugged in and the points and quotes. But also down there at the bottom, there's those uh, discussion questions. And you can even go ahead and fill in the answers later and uh, have that uh, for you there. So uh, today... We're going to talk about this brand new series, three-week series, What Now? Have you ever wondered what God was doing? Have you ever wondered why God just doesn't step in and just fix everything? Have you ever been confused about the direction that your life is taking? Have you ever been in a situation and it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel? Does that sound familiar to you at all? If I don't know what God is trying to do, how am I supposed to know what I'm supposed to do? Let me tell you a little story. The year was 2020. And the biggest story in the news was Prince Henry and Meghan Markle were leaving their royal duties. The Chiefs had just won the Super Bowl. Tom Brady was still on the Patriots. Politics were messy, but the economy was pretty good. But then... Tom Hanks got sick. And one by one, countries and states began to shut down, go into hiding. Sports ground to a halt. People began hoarding supplies. March 23rd, West Virginia issued a stay-at-home order. That's almost three months ago now. Millions of people have gotten sick. Hundreds of thousands of people have died from something that we cannot see. What in the world is going on? 
People began fighting, right? Arguing about what made this bad thing happen. And all types of conspiracy theories floated around about what caused this. Including one that said it was these new 5G cell phone towers. That's what made all these people sick. Well, then people begin to pick a side. Open up. Stay closed. Open up. Stay closed. Shut up. No, you shut up. Y'all remember when that happened? Yeah, we're still in it, right? Hey, remember when Noah found out that there was going to be a worldwide flood? Remember when Abraham found out that God wanted him to go to a whole nother country, take his, his family and leave, and he didn't even know where he was going to go? Remember when Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and then falsely accused of having harassed his boss's wife and thrown into prison? Remember when David found out that Saul the king, the king that he had faithfully served for so long, wanted to kill him and he chased him all around the country trying to end his life? Or what about when King David was thrown out of his own palace by his son and his son took his place? What about when Job lost his home and his health and his family and his wealth? Y'all remember when that happened? Y'all remember when Paul was imprisoned and then shipwrecked and beaten and eventually killed? Remember when all, almost all the apostles were martyred for their faith? What is God doing? I am so confused. And in these times, I get anxious and I get uh, worried. Why? Because I realize that I am not in control. Why, God? Why? See, this is not what I had planned for 2020. And vacations, getting in a better financial position, making progress. Why? Why, God? Why? Well, I'm sorry, I can't tell you why this has happened. But I can tell you that God is in control and God is good. See, Noah didn't know what was going to happen after the flood. Abraham didn't know what was going to happen on his journey or where he even was taking his family. David didn't know when the running was going to stop. Job didn't know when his nightmare was going to end. So what did Noah and Abraham do? Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 7 tells us what Noah and Abraham did during these times. It says, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, he constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was received as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Noah and Abraham had faith. They obeyed. They looked forward. David said this while he was running from Saul. In Psalms 59, 9, O oh my strength, I will watch for you. For you, O oh God, are my fortress. My God, in his steadfast love, will meet me. God will uh, let me look in triumph on my enemies. David looked to God in his trouble. Job said this in the midst of his trouble, in the midst of his why. 
He said, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked will I return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job trusted God and he praised them in his trouble. If you get hung up on why in this crisis, you will never make progress. The only why we have is that sin entered the world and it's broken everything. And one day, God is going to fix it all for good. So I'd like to propose to you today that why is not the right question. I'd instead like to challenge you with the question, what now? In light of the circumstances that we have found ourselves in, what do we do now? And is there any way in the midst of this crisis that we can work towards becoming better because of this? Is there a way we can become better as a church and as a people? What we can know for sure is this, is that our idols cannot give us answers. There are no answers in the things that we worship that we have created. Comfort and security have no answers for us. Wealth can't fix us. Notoriety and fame can't make things better. Success is empty. These lifeless things that we worship can't help us. They haven't helped us the last three months. Habakkuk 2.18 says this. It says, what profit is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in its own creation when he makes speechless idols. We look back at cultures like that. They used to make these little guys out of metal and out of wood and then bow down to them. And we look at them like they're uh, so much you know, more uncivilized than us. They didn't know better and we're more advanced than them. And we have all this science and and all this knowledge. And and, and they were just a little backward. (laughs) It's kind of funny, right? You know, making something and then bowing down to it. But how is that different than when you look for your worth, identity and answers from the career that you're so proud of or the talent that you have? Or how you rest your reputation that you crafted so carefully, you rest your identity and worth in that. There are no answers in the things that we worship, that we have created. But this much we know for sure is that this won't be the last time that we ask this question, why? We're going to have more and more questions over the next few years, not just with our personal life, but with our church as well. We talked and we have talked a lot over the last three months about getting back to normal. But is that actually what we should be shooting for? Wouldn't it be such a waste just to go back to how things were? Through this crisis, is there anything, think about this, is there anything that has been revealed to you that maybe wasn't as strong as you thought it was three months ago? Would you rather come out of this better than you were? Over the next week, I challenge you to ask these questions. Were my finances really where they needed to be? Or was I already overexerting myself? Was my relationship with my kids really good? Or did we just ignore the problems? And now those problems have become clearer because we spent time together. We can't just ignore them. 
Was my marriage really as strong as it needed to be before this? Is quarantine really the cause of all these fights? Or were you overlooking problems before and drowning them in busyness and finding ways not to be around your spouse? And so things seemed better. But now when you're trapped in a house for three months with someone, you realize there are cracks. There are real problems. And I know you might be thinking, look, how can I try to get better through this when I'm still in it? C.S. Lewis talks about that. He, he said this. He says, I'm progressing along the path of life in my ordinary contentedly fallen and godless condition. It absorbed in merry meetings with my friends for the morrow or a bit of work that tickles my fancy today. A holiday, a new book, when suddenly a stab of abdominal pain threatens serious disease or a headline in the newspaper that threatens us all with destruction and it sends my, this whole pack of cards tumbling down. And at first I'm overwhelmed. And all my little happinesses look like broken toys. But then slowly and reluctantly, bit by bit, I try to bring myself into the frame of mind that I should be in at all times. And I remind myself that all these toys were never intended to possess my heart. That my true good is in another world. And my only real treasure is in Christ. And perhaps by God's grace, I succeeded and for a day or two become a creature consciously dependent on God and drawing its strength from its right source. Don't we relate to that so much? A lot of us have found the things that we hold so dear are really broken toys of distraction. Sports, concerts, parties, are these things bad? No. But when we derive our happiness from them, it is a faulty foundation. Those toys were never supposed to possess my heart. Look back at the things that you have missed the most and ask yourself, was I really building my life on those things? Were those things holding a place of importance? Was I, I kind of worshiping that entertainment? Was I worshiping that that togetherness? And was I putting those things over the place where God is supposed to be? This crisis happens. It grinds everything to a halt. And we look around and we examine our lives and things. Uh, we have time to think. And hopefully over this last three months, you have had days and times where you changed your mindset and you remember what is really important. We saw a, a big influx of people looking for church at the beginning of this, and they, they were looking for God. And I, I wish I had a lot of hope that it was going to stay that way. But then we find reasons to get distracted again. It gets sunny outside, and the lake looks pretty great. We find other reasons to get distracted, and we go back to our toys of happiness. And one day again, crisis will come and grind our life to a halt. And again, we'll realize that we weren't building our life on the true foundation of God. We realize these things for a little while and for a day or two, we, we walk with the right mindset. But what if instead 
We use this time. Instead of just getting through it, getting to the other side, what if we got better because of it? And this is my challenge to you. Stop asking why and start asking what now? What now? God, what now? What do you want from me now? What do you need me to change? What needs to get out of my life? What attitude is in me that causes me pain and causes me strife and offends people around me? What do you need to get out of me, God? So I can become better through this. You have my attention now, God. You know, Israel had just gotten some bad news from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah had told them that God was once again going to judge them for their sin. See, Israel had gotten to the place where they trusted their walls and their fast horses and their military might. They thought they were okay. They didn't really need to rely on God. And they had security and comfort, and they reveled in their sin. Then God told Isaiah, tell them a crisis is coming. But God also offered them this hope. In Isaiah 30, verse 18, Isaiah told him, Therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. The Lord waits to be gracious to you. And therefore, he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem, and you shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he answers you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But you shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Look, over these last three months, you may have began to see some cracks in your life. That's good. That's good that you're noticing them because that means you can do something about it before it all crumbles down. You see these areas in your life that you have not given over to God, priorities that are out of whack, sin that has taken up camp in your heart. God is waiting right now to be gracious to you. He's waiting to show you mercy. And we can claim this promise that God will hear our cry. Now, will he fix our country? I don't know. America is not in the Bible. But we can be sure that he will hear the cry of his people, the church. And we are grafted in by salvation to become the people of God. It says here that uh, your eyes will see your teacher. If you notice there, that is capitalized. That's because it's a name. This is a prophecy about Christ. And next, our teacher promises to show us the way, to guide our feet, like a GPS, right? And if you're faithful and repent to surrender to Christ, he will tell you whether to turn to the right or turn to the left. Maybe your question today, your what now question is about this racial injustice that our country is focused on. Maybe that's the white right now uh, that you need to ask yourself, what now? You need to ask where you fit into this discussion of loving your neighbor that looks different from you. 
being like the Good Samaritan and crossing uh, ethnic and, and cultural lines to help pick up another person that is made in the image of God. We just read that God is a God of justice and God is always on the side of oppressed people. And instead of ignoring it and excusing it, what about we listen to the 12 million, 13 million people that are crying out and mourning and grieving and honestly ask the question, God, what now for me? So today, in this part one, the first step of what now, in these house parties, I encourage you to do these questions and to talk about these. But the what now question and the answer for us today is pray for guidance. What now? Pray for guidance. Call upon the Lord. Seek his face. Look, we're not trying to go back. We're not trying to just do what we did before. We're trying to look forward. God, what now? Let's seek his face more than ever before so that we can come out better and stronger than before. Andy Stanley says, pain without gain is a shame. Pain without gain is a shame. Hey, look, we ought to come out of this better than before. Let's not waste this. Let's seek God's face. Psalm 17, 6 says, I will call upon you and you will answer me, O God. Incline your ears to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. God is waiting to be gracious to you. He wants you to call on him. He would love to show you what now, whether you should turn to the right or turn to the left. Now, sometimes first that means us getting some junk out of our hearts, some junk off of our chest before you can hear. Maybe the first thing you need to do is what uh, Josh talked about last week and say, search me, oh God. God, point out the flaws in me. God, help me not to be too proud and too arrogant to think that I can't get better. God, search me. Maybe that's the first step you need to do. Before God will show you what now. But rest assured, he wants you to know the answer to that question. Have you ever wondered what God was doing? Why, God, why? Why are we going through this? You ever wish that he would just come in and fix everything? Me too. But God is in control and God is good. So let's start praying this prayer together as a church. What now, Lord? What now? We're in it. We're, 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 we realize that why is not the right question right now, God, because we know that you're in control and whatever happens is going to happen. So instead, God, of just complaining about why, let me instead ask the question, what now, God? What are you trying to do in our lives? What now for the church? What now for my marriage? What now for my personal life? What now for my kids? What now? Band's going to come. Let's uh, close this portion of the service in prayer as they come and we'll sing. But maybe the what now that God is showing you is that you don't really have a relationship with God. 
You don't have that assurance that you are a believer. I want to urge you to call out to God. You need to know that you're a sinner. We're all sinners. We're in the same boat there together. Because of that sin, we fall short of the glory of God. But you can call out to God right now. You can call out and say, God, forgive me of my sin. I put my trust in what Jesus did on the cross as my only means of salvation. I realize that Jesus is God in the flesh and he lived a perfect and a holy life so that he could die in my place. You could call out right now. But the rest of us, as we continue into this next portion, let's begin to ask that question, God. God, show me these cracks so that I can see what you want me to do in these parts. God, what now?